What I find so unique about it is that it, it changes the perception of time. So often you get on the massage table and you're, you're chatting away and you're kind of like, oh, is that really an hour already? And you get off and you somehow feel not dissatisfied, but like something's lacking. There's not a sense of completion. Whereas, you know, when I've done the meditative massages, I'm like, it feels like somebody's taken that time and just stretched it out and giving and given me this glorious amount of time to actually spend checking in with me. Welcome back to Amen Practice, where I have the immense pleasure of sitting down with a diverse array of practitioners, experts, and authors, and together we really delve into their unique journeys and their insights, and we explore this multifaceted world of wellness and what it's like to be a practitioner. I'm your host, Jess Reynolds, and today we are joined by Jerry, and she is a pioneer in the field of relaxation. Jerry brings a super unique perspective on time and relaxation, and she describes how her meditative massage techniques transform the conventional experience, stretching it and enriching it. Now, this approach leaves clients feeling much more fulfilled and connected, ensuring a sense of completion that many of them find is missing after a traditional massage session. So many of those courses will focus specifically on giving you a hands-on tool that you can introduce into your practice that is all about you practicing with your hands, but not practicing with your heart. And so this, this is more of a tool that helps both client and therapist work with something they want in their life. Jerry sheds light on the importance of practicing wellness therapies like massage, not just with our hands, but with our hearts. And she emphasizes that her course is designed to enrich both therapist and the client, creating a deeply impactful heart-centered practice. Now, Jerry's approach goes beyond just the physical, offering tools that nurture a connection within the client and the therapist, and it's something that many of them really do desire. So it keeps me challenged as a therapist, mm -hmm. which, you know, after almost 30 years of doing this, is kind of fun, mm -hmm. you know, because so often when people just come in and they just want a relaxation massage, there's also the other end of the spectrum where you're kind of like, oh, here we go. I have, you know, they're not talking. Now I'm getting kind of bored. And yeah. you find as a therapist, you might be checking out. So, you know, this keeps you more engaged in the session as well, which I think the client feels. And Jerry brings another really fascinating aspect to light, which is the importance of staying engaged and challenged as a therapist. With almost three decades in the field, she shares how her approach of using mindful meditation massage keeps her more connected and involved in each session. And this helps prevent the monotony that can sometimes creep in to our routine sessions. So this engagement isn't just beneficial for therapists, it also, of course, radiates to the client, enhancing their experience as well. So Jerry's perspective is really valuable for practitioners in the importance of staying present and passionate in their work. Now, Jerry offers the course Relaxation in the Brain as an online course hosted with AIM Online Education. So if you're interested in learning more about the course, just make sure you check out the link in the show notes. And with that, please enjoy this amazing conversation with Jerry. All right, Jerry, welcome back. Awesome. Let's talk about the new course, Relaxation in the Brain, because last time we talked about the previous version of it, which was Mindful Meditation Massage, mm -hmm. and since then you've made some pretty pretty significant changes, minor changes, but changes nevertheless. And I'm curious, um, let's start with why exactly you, you started to make changes to what was already an amazing course. Hmm. Um, 
I guess what sort of inspired this change or this evolution in the course was just the desire to create a course that had even more little tidbits or tools that were relevant to everyone taking the course. Um, the previous version was maybe a little more geared towards those practitioners that may be um, practicing yoga th- teachers or just practicing yoga practitioners. Um, and this one sort of encompasses more tools that I think reach m- a broader range of students. Mm-hmm. So giving everyone a little more to take home or to take out of the course to apply in their daily life. That was sort of my goal with it was to evolve it so it was a little more um, appealing to the general public. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Because the the first version was very much Nidra-based, right? Yes. Now, did you take all of that out or kind of modify it? What happened with that part of it? The part of it that was Nidra-based is definitely still in there because that was sort of the basis for the actual mindful meditation massage that is still going to be a part of um, relaxation in the brain. Um, so, But we, we took the emphasis off of it and we focused a little bit more on how do we relax the brain and why the tools that we are offering are so powerful for the relaxation of the brain. I mean, it makes sense because we have to talk about the palatability, right? Like making it something that not only practitioners would be interested in taking, but also uh, how does one advertise when one advertises that they now do uh, a nidra-based or a yoga-based thing? Maybe it's not as as attractive for clients. So it really seems like it broadens up not only who might want to take the course, uh, but also who might book these services. But what I thought of is as we were going through this process is like the the process of of Nidra and the the actual meditative process, it is so amazing. And you know, the the old uh, saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But that being said, since you are still using Nidra, how did you modify it in a way that made it a little bit more, I guess, scientific-based or more uh, Western-minded? Mm-hmm. Um, we, well, when I was, when I was looking over it, I, I sort of decided that it was, it was maybe more um, applicable to focus on the stress response. Mm-hmm. We're all very familiar with that one. And then to go into the relaxation response. And then, you know, so talking about the physiology of the stress response and the physiology of the relaxation response, um, then looking a little bit more at the brain and the brainwave states and and what states we are in primarily in our daily lives as we move through this world on our life journeys. And then, and then how do we get some tools in our toolbox to achieve the brainwave states that are a little more desirable? And then talking about neuroplasticity and, and then introducing concepts like the nidra or non-sleep deep breast that then may give you even more of a tool to put into your toolbox as to how to work with your own neuroplasticity and then sort of tying it up with a bow by going through various different relaxation techniques that are available to everyone at any point in time, not just while you're in session, but during life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you can take some of these little tools and start to use them, you know, at moments in your life and then perhaps share them with your clients a little more productively, then you just, your whole practice just becomes a little more balanced, maybe a little more 
well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea of, of sort of shifting the emphasis onto stress because um, uh, the the report that I talk about all the time that was done last year by the American Massage Association, they, they did such a phenomenal job. Uh, and the report was based around why people seek massage, where they're going for massage. It was essentially trying to create the most comprehensive study they could for practitioners so they could start to advertise and shift their business appropriately. And what I found very interesting was when you look at the statistics of the reasons people book a massage, I mean, without getting into the nitty gritty, at the end of the day, the biggest reason people come for a massage is relaxation and stress reduction, right? Like that, that is the thing. Mm -hmm. And what do people say when they're all stressed out, right? It's like, oh God, I need a massage. True. Yeah. And when we look at courses that are offered, there's really no courses out there that are focusing on that very important complaint that are people coming with, that people are coming in with. So when you do look at it, you mentioned a few pretty, pretty big terms in there that maybe I want to pick apart a little bit. So let's start with uh, NSDR, non-sleep mm -hmm. deep rest. We, you talk about that a little bit in the course. Mm -hmm. And what exactly is that? Um, Dr. Andrew Huberman is, is sort of the, um, I guess the founder of non-sleep deep rest, but really it's, uh, it's a more scientific term for yoga nidra, really. It kind of goes into, um, the effects of, of yoga nidra and how it helps the brain, but it, it takes the yoga out of it. Mm. And, uh, and so it's a little less, dare I say, out there in left field for your average person. Um, it's, it's a fairly accessible technique. There's, it's not this big mystery, um, but it, it just makes it a little bit more attainable to, to people. And, and it maybe describes it better, mm -hmm. um, as just, you know, that, that state of not sleeping, but just resting. And it allows people to maybe get a little better of an idea of what, they are supposed to be trying to do when they're actually receiving a meditative massage is to just get to that place where you're not fully asleep, but you're not fully awake. Mm -hmm. Does that sort of Oh, completely. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that about receiving a massage. I've often said that receiving a massage for me is like the best form of meditation because I just enjoy it so much. I don't want to miss a second of it. So mm -hmm. I'm doing everything I can to stay as present as possible. And I've had the uh, the privilege of experiencing a, a uh, relaxation of the brain or mindful meditation massage. And that was by far my favorite part. Like, yes, of course, the massage itself was really amazing. But having the constant cues to sort of return back into the experience made the entire experience that much more memorable for me. So that actually brings me to a, an interesting question is, how does how does this experience unfold? Like somebody takes a course on relaxation in the brain and what do they come out of it with? Mm, that's an excellent question. So I would say that uh, the practitioner would come out of the course, one with more tools for themselves and their own personal relaxation, um, two with some tools that they can possibly share with their clients in their own personal relaxation, um, three, just the ability to help their client unplug. So I think... One of the reasons why I was really interested in creating something new and different as I was getting to the, you know, close to the 30-year mark in my own personal uh, practice was to just meet clients at a place where 
they didn't feel like they had to fill the time and space with uh, meaningless chatter. Mm. So often clients get on the table and for some reason, silence is awkward. Um, and a lot of clients then feel they have to either fill the silence or they just feel a little uncomfortable with just silence. So, and, and I mean, it's the same with a lot of people and learning how to meditate. They find they can't, they can't stay focused if there's just silence. So the guidance of the meditation helps, like you said, in your personal experience, keep people a little more on track as to what they're trying to focus on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, especially as women, as if some, some recording or some other being is taking charge of the session and, and sort of guiding you to what you're supposed to focus on next, mm -hmm. it allows you to unplug your brain from that busy brain status, which is, you know, all about what's for dinner. When do I have to pick up the kids? You know, mm -hmm. who's walking the dog? Um, all those things that are on the checklist of the day of things to do and allows you to be, like you said, fully present, um, and what I find so unique about it, um, having experienced it personally myself, because I, I had to make sure that it was something I wanted to experience, um, is that it, it changes the perception of time. So often you get on the massage table and you're, you know, you're kind of like, you're chatting away and you're kind of like, oh, is that really an hour already? And you get off and you somehow feel not dissatisfied, but like something's lacking. There's not a sense of completion. Whereas, you know, when I've done the meditative massages, I'm like, it feels like somebody's taken that time and just stretched it out and giving and given me this glorious um, amount of time to actually spend checking in with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's that's sort of what I found and has been the feedback I've been given Um to be kind of unique about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Now that you mention it is I didn't have that feeling at the end of the session because so often you hit the end of your 60 or your 90 minutes mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, but we were just getting into it. Yeah. Um, and I, I suspect that a good portion of that has to do with the lack of presence. The, the mind kind of pops out for five minutes here, 10 minutes there, and you've only actually been in the massage consciously for a fraction of the time. Whereas with the, the script that's playing in the background during this, this experience, it really does basically insist upon presence. It's hard to not ignore it, but stop paying attention to it. Uh, so that's really, really cool point. I'm really glad you pointed that out because that's exactly my experience as well. And mm -hmm. it, it seemed, it was... Like, I felt like that was 90 minutes. But then simultaneously, I've also had these other massages where it's like 30 minutes in and you're like, is this over yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you don't yeah. feel like your needs are being met. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But so it wasn't like that. It was, it was, it was very well present. That, that mm -hmm. time did a, a pretty funny thing. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So that kind of, kind of answers like the, the difference between what this type of session is, mindful meditation massage, which... Just to clarify for those listening, there's this course, Relaxation in the Brain, which is a course in its entirety, and it covers a ton of different material about uh, stress, the stress response, how relaxation works, all the science that goes into that. And then the technique nested within the course would be called Mindful Meditation Massage. Is That's that correct? correct? Yeah, okay. So then I suppose the, the question I'm getting at here is, what is the biggest thing, I suppose we answered it with the time, but the biggest thing that kind of separates 
this technique from other techniques. In fact, I don't really know any other techniques similar to it, mm -hmm. but the differences. Okay, I mean, I think the biggest thing that separates it from perhaps other continuing ed courses and other offerings out there is the fact that it's not just a technique. Mm -hmm. It's a tool. So, so many of those courses will focus specifically on giving you a hands-on tool that you can introduce into your practice that is all about you practicing with your hands, but not practicing with your heart. Um, and so this, this, is, this is more of a tool that helps both client and therapist work with something they want in their life. Um, it brings them to a place where they have to stop and not look outside themselves at what's going on around them, but look inside and go, what do I want for myself? So, I mean, the key, the key difference um, with yoga nidra compared to a lot of meditation is that you actually are looking for an intention. Mm -hmm. You're actually looking for something that you want to manifest into your life, whether it's something as simple as, I am happy or something as simple as I am confident. You know, you, you, you kind of looking for a nugget that you go, Oh, you know what? That's kind of missing in my life. And, and that's something I want to work on. Um, you know, in this world of, of self-help everything, we kind of flip from one thing to another, to another. And we, we don't ever just slow down and go, yeah, you know what? This is the root of a lot of my discontent. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to work with this for three months, six months, however long it takes to actually finally feel that it's evolved. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that portion of the, um, the meditation near the end, you just, you just keep planting this little seed at the end of it. So you hopefully, if you get the, the meditation done um, often enough, or you actually work on your own meditation outside of the meditation and then just continue to practice it while receiving meditative massage, um, it just keeps nudging the subconscious brain to believing it. Mm -hmm. And that's, again, working with the subconscious brain. All of our self-help books are all about feeding the conscious brain all this information, and sometimes it's really hard to digest because it's all intellectual. It's not at the level of the heart and soul. Mm -hmm. And so sort of sneaking in from the back door, I think, this just kind of plants that seed over and over, and repetition is the key. Mm -hmm. And then one day you wake up and you just go, hmm, I feel like it's time for a new intention. And that's, I think, the magic in it. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that because I think it gets at something that so many um, manotherapists, massage therapists kind of intuitively know. And it's it's that the the magic that happens during a massage session, it's certainly partly due to the techniques that are being done and, you know, the, the, the capacity of the practitioner to facilitate those physiological changes. But when somebody gets off the table rarely do we say, hey, how's how's that neck doing? How's your low back? It's always like, how are you feeling? How are you? And they're like, I feel good. So it's it's like, from my understanding of what you're explaining is 
this course kind of acknowledges that or this technique acknowledges the fact that there's there's really a lot more to the receiving a massage and the giving massage experience than the body mechanic world that it is turning into. Fine, great, you know, if that's what somebody likes to do, go for it. But it seems like this is getting to the, the, the heart of what it's like actually to be a massage therapist mm -hmm. in, in, in the reality of it, because that's that's truthfully what so many people are seeking. If they want to fix their, their neck pain, they're going to go to the chiro. If they want to fix an issue, more often than not, they're going to a physio, chiro, whatever it might be, an acupuncturist. But mm -hmm. People are coming to massage therapists, from my experience, to experience what you're describing. Mm -hmm. And I suppose the word that came to mind, and I spoke as well, is the experience. They're coming for an experience, mm -hmm. right? And... What you've described isn't a massage, it is an experience. So within that, what else is included with, within the whole process that leaves an individual feeling like, I didn't just get a massage, what I got was, I got cared for, I got a full experience. Mm -hmm. Well, I think as we go into in relaxation in the brain, we talk about mindfulness and the mindfulness of the therapist coming in and, and that's... For some people, that's a really difficult concept because they're so used to focusing on the external that they kind of forget about being super present themselves. I mean, we all have those clients that we like to visit with and catch up with what's going on with their family. And, and it, it feels like you're, you know, at a coffee shop having a little chat and that, and that's awesome. There's, t there's times and places for that. But if there's a person who's coming in and they just really want to, I call it unplug the brain, you know, like just unplug from the external world, just take that plug and pull it out and just focus on some inner healing or inner time, just checking in. I mean, I think we're, we're starting, we're just at the beginning to, of the, of recognizing that we need more slow in our lives. We need to slow down. We need to spend time, not just with what's going on in our outer world, but what's going on in our inner world. And I think, you know, especially coming out of COVID and a lot of the anxiety that we're seeing in our society these days, I think a lot of that has to do with this frantic pace we've created for ourselves and not the balanced time to sit down and process what's mm -hmm. going on. And uh, our brains need time to process. Mm -hmm. And we need to give them space and freedom to do so. But when we're so regimented about filling every second of our day, we're not giving ourselves that breathing space to just really <sighs> process. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would have to agree with the, the desire for slow. I'm, I'm seeing that in multiple different areas of what I do as well. Not only clinically speaking, but a big part of my business is online stuff. So uh, unfortunately, and I, I do not enjoy it, but I've got to keep a pretty, pretty good finger on the pulse of what's happening in the social media world. Mm -hmm. And what I found so interesting is even in that world, the, the trend, funnily enough, like you get, you get like half of it, there's this TikTok trend. It's like more fast, 30 seconds, but, but a lot of the trend is actually moving towards people just slowing down and not doing these quick cut edits and doing more long form stuff. So there seems to be like this, this undercurrent of people being like, I just, I just 
want things to be a little bit slower, a little bit more mindful. Give me a little bit more time to actually ask the questions as to, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? And, and again, it seems like the space that's facilitated through the uh, mindful meditation massage encourages that sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. I think it it does bring the mindfulness back to the practitioner and and to holding the space a little bit more and looking at at the best way they can actually create the best conditions to help the client just let go. Yeah. And and that and that's sort of the goal of it is to you know it won't be for everyone absolutely and and that's part of the reason why I changed the course was so that. Even your average Joe can come away with some really basic, simple relaxation techniques that they can just incorporate into their daily lives. Mm-hmm. And whether they use the meditative massage or not is up to them. But for those that, you know, go, oh, I want to try this. I want to mm-hmm. I want to play with this concept. Um, then they can get playful with it and they can have fun with it and they can sort of support the experience by you know adding in some of their personal favorites like heat or smells or aromatherapy or or you know different kinds of oils that support the experience um if if you know you're sort of dealing with um sensation like mint or cold and uh, a warmth or cinnamon or ginger um you can you can play into that a little bit more and then again you're adding further to that that experiential um sensation of going somewhere else for that period of time instead of being you know still fully engaged in the outside world Mm -hmm. yeah i appreciate how you keep bringing it back to the practitioner and and isn't that, that, that that's so cool that after the years you've been doing this, that's kind of the conclusion that you've come to, that to to provide an amazing experience for the client. It's like step number one, you do a lot of work on yourself and the more things that you as the practitioner can do to step into that room in the right space, the better it is for the client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important. I mean, if it's something that you've experienced personally and you're kind of excited about it, then your clients will buy in, Mm -hmm. you know, they will, they will follow you because they trust you. They've been with you for a while. And, and if you're trying something new and you're excited about it, it'll spill over into your clients going, sure, I'll try that. And, and, and my own personal experience, I've, I found that, you know, the people that I wasn't sure I wanted to introduce the concept to, because I thought, oh no, no, they're really, they're really right brain dominant. They're mm-hmm. not going to be so open-minded to this sort of concept. And, and then when I, you know, said, Hey, you know, I would, I have this, this experience that you could partake in if you would like to, um, this is, you know, this is what other people have said about it. It's just a really great way to unplug for a period of time. Would you like to try it? I said, it's not for everyone, but, um, they've surprised me actually a lot of people that I would never have thought would love it love it mm-hmm. and uh and they're more than happy to come back for more and I I often you know get to the point where I tell my clients if you're needing just a deep tissue massage and you have stuff you want to just vent and catch up on you can just say that when you walk in the door but if you're wanting something a little more you know spacious relaxation unplug oriented then just request it mm-hmm. we can we can modify our session as needed as you walk through the door and, you know, most of them know. 
they now check in before they come. I have a few clients that text ahead and say, I want this today. And, and they'll even, you know, list their trouble areas. So we don't have to go through it, um, when they arrive. But, you know, the reality is doing the, the full body meditation massage, you're not necessarily not doing deep treatment, you can still accomplish a lot of deep therapeutic work. In fact, if anything, I find you can accomplish it better because they relax better and they don't resist you as much. And uh, as long as they're okay with you spending a little more time in one area that might not totally correlate with the, you know, the guidance of the meditation, I found that a lot of times that deep tissue work is, is actually um, more effective. Uh, that was my experience when, mm -hmm. when I received the That's meditation right. massages. I mean, we've all got these problem areas and it didn't de detract from the overall experience. It was only additive. And I think for, for myself, one thing I appreciated is, and again, this is very much personal preference. We all have a preference, but I, I really, really prefer relaxation massages, but simultaneously my body seems to prefer deeper pressure, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the, the fact is it doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be either you're going to do deep tissue therapeutic work or you're going to do this. My experience of it was that the, the marriage of both of these was, was really very impactful. And at the end of it, I felt like not only did I feel relaxed, but I also felt like, wow, I actually got some, there was some work done there and I felt good. Mm -hmm. And that, and that was my hope was just, to, you know, because I had a lot of people come in and go, well, I don't want just a full body relaxation massage. I still have this issue. And I would say, you know, we can still deal with that issue. Um, they're not separate. Mm -hmm. We don't have to separate um, the deeper tissue or the specific therapeutic work from the meditation massage. Um, it's just in, you know, as a therapist, being a little more creative as to how you're going to incorporate that time and maybe still stick to the flow of the suggested meditation. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, even though most of the meditations don't have sideline work in them, um, after the first half of the, the meditation that kind of goes from a head, a head to toe or toe to head flow through the body, then it flips into more of a sort of flowing form where we're not actually checking in with certain body parts. And that's when I often find I'll flip people onto the side, maybe get into their neck, do some shoulder work, mm -hmm. or, you know, use a, a specific position that really targets the area that we're working on and then get right back into the meditation flow for the, for the final portion of the, of the meditation. So it keeps me challenged as a therapist, mm -hmm. which, you know, after almost 30 years of doing this is kind of fun, mm -hmm. you know, because so often when people just come in and they just want a relaxation massage, there's also the other end of the spectrum where you're kind of like, oh, here we go. I have, you know, they're not talking now I'm getting kind of bored and yeah. you find as a therapist, you might be checking out. So, you know, this keeps you more engaged in the session as well, mm -hmm. which I think the client feels, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a mutual exchange of energy. Um, and, you know, they receive more when you're fully present. I would completely agree with that. Now, in your experience of providing um, mindful meditation massage now to, to, I'm sure, quite a large number of people and the same individual over periods of time, have there been any experiences that, that really stand out that clients either got off the table and they were like, wow, this, this experience I had was amazing or something like that? 
there, there's been a few interesting experiences. I know um, I have tried to um, write different meditations in response to what some clients have been going through. So, you know, there is there is one for pregnancy and or birthdays. Um, there's another one for uh, loss. And I have found that, uh, you know, some people have come in and they, you know, they're, they're just feeling that they need to be held a little bit around a loss. And, and so I've put on one specific to that. And it can create some emotional release for sure. Um, but they've always been aware that that might happen coming in. And they've always felt supported for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think probably one of my favorite experiences There's this one client who I'd been seeing for years and they were more than happy to be a willing guinea pig as I was sort of starting to work on this um, technique and and they got on the table and this was before I had actually refined the meditations to include um, chimes to indicate body part changes and sort of indicate the end of the session and uh I left the room at the end of the meditation doing all the usual things that I do to sort of close my practice, um, which usually for those of you who have experienced it, um, you know, usually includes a singing bowl and just spraying a room spray to sort of bookend the practice. And usually people know that that is an indication that the session is over. But without the guidance of my voice to actually tell them that the session was over, mm-hmm. um, they just stayed exactly where they were. (laughs) They didn't move. And I was outside waiting and twiddling my thumbs and wondering if everything was okay. And I had to knock on the door and, and, uh, and finally they're like, Oh, Oh, it's over. I have to get up now. Um, you know, and I asked them afterwards, I'm like, you know, did you, did you not hear the chant? Like, you know, and, and they said, honestly, I think it was because they had surrendered their brain to the guidance of the voice that they, they didn't hear the, the instructions to come back mm-hmm. to reality and the real world. And they just stayed right where they were because they were really happy where they were. Um, so that's one of my favorite experiences because it, it just made, it just made me smile because, you know, you know, um, purpose accomplished. Yeah. Um, but again, it made me also realize that, okay, you know, some people are really going to go deep and, will completely surrender if they don't have, you know, that, that instruction, not just the, the cues that I've always used, but the actual instruction telling them that they have to reintegrate and come back into the external world and continue their day from there. Mm -hmm. One of the things I found really unique about uh, my experience receiving a mindful meditation massage was the menu. I thought that was such a cool addition. And I I thought about it a few times throughout this conversation, but people being able to come in and be able to choose what they want, uh, looking through many, just like there's no pressure, you know, if you Mm -hmm. want, if you want this today, great, whatever you're hungry for. Mm -hmm. So when, when you do offer the, the course, I know that you, you kind of provide a a menu as well. So after somebody's finished the course, what do they they actually get? Do they like the the full menu? Do they get a couple meditations? Because you said you've got one for for loss, for example, and grief Mm -hmm. and for birthing. And what's, what's that all about? So the, the menu is, um, like you say, it's, it's sort of, uh, a selection of offerings, um, of, of different flavors, if you would like, um, 
depending on what it is you need on any given day. And they, and they do come in, in different lengths. Um, and it was, it's always been my goal to have seasonal ones that connect people mostly through nature, um, to have ones that are really topic appropriate for certain feelings, um, love, um, loss, you know, birthing, um, just even, um, connection to family. So anxiety is another example. Um, so I've, I've written different ones playing with some of these concepts that I think are pretty human. Mm-hmm. You know, they're pretty commonplace in most people's lives. And, you know, not everyone wants to actually look at the source of their anxiety and maybe work on it and contemplate on it. That's, you know, that's that might be too much for some people. And they might just want a nice escape from minus 30 temperatures in Calgary. Um and if that's the case, then that's one of the ones that's included is, uh, is the grounding escape, which basically just takes you on a lovely escape from the reality of the outside world and, and takes you to a, a nice place, which most people feel quite comfortable in with the sounds of water and the sound, you know, the feeling of warm sand on the skin. Um, and, and the opposite uh, to that, of course, is the enlightened that is also included with the course, which is is focusing on just maybe getting a little more in touch with, you know, your connection to something greater than yourself. And that takes you up a mountaintop for the final visualization to just feel that connection with everything around you. Um, so, so those are the ones that are included with the course. And, you know, it is my long-term goal to actually find the time to make the recordings for the other ones on the, on the menu in all lengths. So, you know, the 65, the 60 length, maybe the 75, although it's not as popular and the 90 minute, um, because yeah, some people come in and they, they need that first half hour to really disconnect. And so the 90 minutes is a better choice for them. But the ones that are included in the course are are focused on 60 because I think it is probably the most consistent length that people choose for their sessions. Now, if you could, if you could, uh, you know, wave your magic, magic wand, which, you know, we've all got. So if you could wave your, your magic wand and sort of have, have the, the message that you're trying to get across with, with what you've created in this entire course, sort of be, be written in the sky, what, what would that be? I guess after almost 30 years of practicing as a massage therapist, you want to leave a legacy, you know, a little bit of a, a spin of what you've learned in your time as a, as a practitioner and, and how you can perhaps leave the practice itself a little bit more well-balanced, well-rounded than when you came into it. So Absolutely. The anatomy and the, you know, physiology and the techniques are so important to actually becoming a good therapist. But to becoming a better therapist, I think, is learning to move into that mindfulness, learning to move into the smaller details and the awareness of, you know, what's going on with your client and how you can best support them and how you can just be that that really um, important support person for your clients. And I think I think that's what I'm trying to accomplish with not just this course, but this technique. And I'm really hoping that uh, that other people feel the same way about it. 
I mean, I certainly appreciate that, you know, bringing it back to the therapist and what mm -hmm. they're, they're bringing into it. In one sentence, what is the benefit to a massage therapist learning this new technique? I believe the benefit would be to both therapist and client alike in just broadening their horizons and and learning to relax a little more. Basically, I like it. yeah, I like it. Seems like a great place to uh, to wrap it up. Thank you. You it was bet. An awesome chat. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you are interested in learning more about relaxation in the brain and how to perform mindful meditation massage, then check out the link in the show notes and you'll find a super special discount for our podcast listeners to enroll in the online version of relaxation in the brain. Have an awesome rest of your day.